Thanks for pressing play. And welcome to Lockhead on Marketing. The Wall Street Journal says, quote, George Lois is the one, the only, prodigy, enfant terrible, founder of agencies, creator of legends. George Lois is a genuine advertising superhero, end quote. The New York Times says George Lois, quote, brought the counterculture to advertising, end quote. And around here, we think Mr. Lois is the OG of marketing pirates. And we know one thing for sure. If there's a Mount Rushmore of marketing, George Lois is on it. You see, he did many legendary things in his career, from the marketing that created companies and categories like Xerox, presidential campaign for John F. Kennedy, and he's well known, if not famous for, designing culture-changing cover images for Esquire magazine. And his, quote, call your cable company and tell them, I want my MTV. That campaign made the music video category and made MTV the category king. In George Lewis's life and career, he broke every rule. He created legendary categories and brands, and he did it in a brash, bold, exciting way. George has been called the real Don Draper. And when they called him that, he famously responded, and I quote, people say I'm the original Don Draper. I'm not Don Draper. Don Draper is a no-talent, womanizing, drunk, smoking, white-shirted son of a bitch, end quote. And that really tells you a lot about George right there, irascible to the end. He also said to uh, ABC when he was 81 years old, quote, when I was in my 30s, I was better looking than Don Draper, end quote. <laughs> now, sadly, we recently lost this legend at 91 years old. You see, George died just three months after his beloved wife, Rosemary, died. And George is one of my heroes, a man that I and so many of us in marketing owe so much. And yet, most young people in entrepreneurship, marketing, and creative endeavors and design don't really know of him. But if you've ever done anything in entrepreneurship, in category design, or marketing that breaks boundaries... You're following in George's footsteps, and you might not even know it. He's one of the legends whose shoulders many of us aspire to stand on. Today, let's dig into some of George's life's teachings. Because if you want to become legendary, you have to study the legends. And so on this episode, I bring you 16 learnings from marketing legend George Lois. Now, as Joey Ramone said, hey ho. Let's go. This is Lockheed on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off-putting to some. George Lois was born in June 1931, and he passed in November 2022. And it is said that in the end, 
We are all remembered for two dates and a dash. And I'm here to tell you that George made some legendary shit out of his dash. And today I'd like to shine a light on some of his landmark teachings. And the truth is we could do a 1200 part series on George and his teachings. But today I want to focus on a book of his called Damn Good Advice for People with Talent, How to Unleash Your Creative Potential by America's Master Communicator, George Lois. And if by chance you have not read Damn Good Advice, I urge you to run, not walk, to your smartphone or browser and go to your favorite bookstore and order Damn Good Advice right now. So what I want to share with you are some of the learnings from this book, not all of them, but some of them that really have spoken to me over the years and made a big difference for me that I think might make a big difference for you. So idea number one, force a choice. At the very beginning of Damn Good Advice, George says, quote, there are only four types of person you can be. One, very bright, industrious, in brackets, you're perfect. Two, very bright, lazy. In brackets, a damn shame. Three, stupid lazy. You'll sit on your ass, so you're a wash. And four, stupid industrious. In brackets, uh uh-oh, you're dangerous. If you're a number one or a number two, you'll get a lot out of this book. If you're a number three or a number four, why are you reading this book? So right off the top in this landmark piece of work by George, he's doing what legendary brands do, which is they attract who they are for and they repel who they are against. Legendary brands force a choice, not a comparison. And best I can tell, that's how George lived his life and it's sure as hell how he did legendary marketing. This technique is so powerful, I've used it many, many times throughout my career. As a matter of fact, in the very first chapter of my first book, Play Bigger, at the end of chapter one, we wrote the top 10 reasons not to read this book, (laughs) somewhat inspired by George. Uh, We also used this same principle when we ran the first ever full page ad in podcast magazine marketing this podcast and follow your different for that matter with a full page ad full of negative reviews. So right off the top and damn good advice. George says to you, you're one of four people, and if you're not the right two kinds of people, that is to say, very bright industrious, and very bright lazy, you shouldn't be reading this book. <laughs> Big idea number two, around here we would express it as folly or different. But let me tell you what George writes, quote, whether you're male, female, black, Hispanic, Native American, Asian, ethnic, or gay, and wherever you work. You are who you are, and that's what you are. And be damn proud of it. Don't change your name. Don't change your accent. Don't change your heritage. Don't denigrate a humble upbringing. Be true to yourself, and you'll ring true to the world. End quote. Idea number three. You can be cautious, or you can be creative, but you can't be both. Let me read that again. You can be cautious or you can be creative, but you can't be both. In my experience, legendary people, legendary marketing, legendary categories are not cautious. They're going for it. 
And if you read Damn Good Advice, as I am hoping you do, you will see there's a constant thread from George to go for it, to be yourself and to do legendary work, to stretch yourself. And uh, I appreciate him for it because when I was a young man, I needed to hear that it was possible to be yourself, make a giant difference, make a ton of money and do legendary things. Because in the beginning of my career, like I think a lot of people, I tried to fit in and I failed. And it was only when I embraced this kind of thinking, this kind of lens that George is talking about here, that I began to be successful. Big idea number four, when it's done right, the cash register sings. Recently, I've started to hear this term in our industry called revenue marketing. As if there's some marketing that is supposed to produce revenue and there's some marketing that's supposed to do some other fucking thing. And the, the existence of the term revenue marketing shows how much some marketing leaders have their heads up their ass. If marketing does not produce revenue, it's arts and crafts, period. And George is always reminding us of that big idea. Number five. Teamwork cannot create a big idea. George says, quote, everybody believes in co-creativity, not me. And if I interpret what he's saying here, he's saying what a lot of legends have said that we all need to pay heed to, which is often legendary work is done with a small group of people. And where teamwork comes into play is bringing the idea to life. And one person, to quote George W. Bush, needs to be the decider. And often, creative work is done best alone. And so, don't let a bunch of people get in the way of a legendary idea. Years ago, when, when I was the CMO of a red-hot startup, I had engaged this outside agency to come in and build our first brochure, back when brochures really mattered. And uh, we were going to use this as a direct marketing piece as well. And they showed it to me. The team was led by John Bielenberg, who's been on this podcast, uh, one of the most legendary designers and thinkers that I know. And when John and his team came in and presented their uh, brochure to me, this incredible piece we called a grenade, because we we're going to use it in direct marketing. And when people got it, we wanted it to change their day, if not their week and life. And certainly we wanted people to never forget getting it. And so when they presented me the work, they went, they walked me through the whole thing. And once they were done, I looked at them and I said, this is legendary work and don't let us fuck it up. Because what happens with legendary work done by one person or a small group of people is then we send it around the marketing department to the executive team to get feedback and input. And as a result, most marketing that you and I see, the reason it sucks is because it's the work of a committee. George reminds us of that right here, that teamwork cannot create a big idea. It can execute on one. It can fuck one up, but rarely does a large group of people produce a breakthrough legendary idea. Number six, legendary work, legendary life. In damn good advice, George reminds us, quote, working hard and doing great work is as imperative as breathing. And if you're a longtime listener to this podcast or, or particularly follow you different, 
you know that me and a group of kind of other folks that I've had on the podcast think that this whole concept of work-life balance is bullshit. We reject the premise. And the reason certainly I reject the premise is sometimes the unspoken is louder than the spoken. And when we say, I'm trying to get better work-life balance, what we're insinuating is that there's work over here and there's life over here. And our job in the world is to minimize the amount of work we do so we can get to our real life. And it denigrates the power, the importance, the self-satisfaction that comes from doing great work. And I think that's what George is probably trying to remind us of here. A big idea number seven from George, quote, most people at work are keeping their job rather than doing a good job, end quote. Let me read that again. Most people at work are keeping their job rather than doing a good job. As a young man, particularly when I got my first CMO gig, this was a huge unlock for me. Once you realize this, you will understand why so many people fight back when you want to do legendary exponential things, when you stand out, when you produce legendary results. Because here's the thing, it makes them look bad. It pushes them into the unknown and they want to stay in the known. Most people want a paycheck and what they're doing when they go to work, as George is telling us, is not doing legendary work. What they are doing is not getting fired. In Silicon Valley, we have an expression as it relates to stock options, it said most people are resting and vesting. So when you want to do legendary work, you'll immediately hit meaningful resistance. And the more you surround yourself with other people who care about making a difference versus not getting fired, the more you will have a legendary career and a legendary life. At least that's been my experience. Big idea number eight from George, quote, to create great work, 1% inspiration, 9% perspiration, and 90% justification. 1% inspiration, 9% perspiration, and 90% justification. And man, I wish I had taken this to heart earlier in my career because it took me a long time to understand that just because you have the big breakthrough idea, just because the clear strategy forward to create and dominate a market category is, is as clear as day in your head. Others are not going to get it. And um, it took me a long time to figure this out, particularly as it relates to category design. You see, in most cases, when I talk to entrepreneurs and CEOs about what their category design strategy should be, I get the kernel of the big idea of what that category design could be within 15 to 45 minutes. And when I was younger, I made the mistake of telling people when I got the idea. And here's what I learned. People cannot accept a idea as legendary if it just took you 20 minutes to come up with it. They need to see a bunch of work. 
There needs to be a bunch of meetings and, 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 and this is a word I can't stand. We need to go socialize this idea with everybody and we need to do a whole bunch of analysis and research and so forth. And so the bigger idea, the more breakthrough the idea, the more critical the idea to the company's strategy, the more people cannot accept it unless they see a, a ton of justification and a ton of work around it. And so don't make my mistake. If you get the big idea and you know what there is to do, wait, spend six weeks getting ready to justify that idea and go in front of the board and say, we've talked to Betty, Barney, uh, Fred and Wilma. We've gotten everybody's feedback. We've done a bunch of research. And today we want to do a ta-da and show you the big idea. Because if you give them the big idea right away, they won't be able to accept it. So don't forget George's teachings. It's 90% justification. Big idea number nine, quote, tell the devil's advocate in the room to go to hell. <laughs> I love this one. There's always a devil's advocate in the room. You're there presenting a big breakthrough exponential idea for how to design and dominate a market category, how to drive revenue, produce a breakthrough in market cap and value in the company. And there's always some asshole in the room that says, well, let me need the devil's advocate. These are the Eeyores. These are the people who want to talk about what's not possible. I was on a call not that long ago with a guy who wanted to spend an hour explaining why the company could not do an email campaign. There's always a Zed in the room. See, because sooner or later, there's a group of people who are terrified to step into the exponential and they want to live in the incremental. And those people tend to play the devil's advocate. And if you're getting paid to produce a breakthrough, they are going to create damage. I think George is right. And in my experience, here's what needs to happen. Sooner or later, you have to take that devil's advocate out to the back and beat the shit out of them and tell them if they don't get on board, they got to go. And in my experience, I've been uh, doing this for 35 years. I've only ever met one executive in my life who was that pain in the ass devil's advocate who could actually disagree and commit. This executive did an incredible job. Uh, I wanted to beat the shit out of this guy because he had his feet dug in and in my opinion was trying to hold us back from doing the bold, big exponential category. And then this guy did the unthinkable, which is he disagreed and commit to the new thing. And within a week or two, you would have never known that the big new category idea wasn't his idea. This is highly unusual. As we said in Play Bigger, to quote Pulp Fiction, Zed needs to be dead in most cases. So uh, George is right. Tell the devil's advocate in the room to go to hell. Big idea number 10, quote, when you present an entrepreneurial idea, if it takes more than three sentences to explain it to the money guys, it's not a big idea, end quote. And then George goes on to say, Quote, after three sentences of explanation, people's eyes glaze over. And here's a mistake particularly entrepreneurs make when they're trying to raise money, when they're going to go public, or even when they think they're talking to sophisticated potential employees, sophisticated potential customers. This principle is always true. If it takes more than three sentences to explain it, it's not a big idea and it's not going to fly. Pay heed to uh, George's legendary advice. Big idea number 11, quote, 
never work for bad people, end quote. Let me read that again. Never work for bad people, end quote. And I don't know about you, but I've made this mistake where you're either starting to do some work with somebody or maybe you're working with them and then they do something that shows exponentially bad judgment. And for one reason or another, normally it's around this concept of sunk costs. Well, you've been doing this and you've got a lot invested in it and so forth and so on. We try to justify why we need to stay in a situation working for or with bad people. And it always ends up badly. So in my experience, George is again right. Quote, never work for bad people. Big idea number 12. Legendary images change the future. One of the things that George was most famous for was design. And in particular, his legendary covers of Esquire magazine and leg more legendary ads than you could imagine. And in Damn Good Advice, he writes, quote, in an age where heroes are villainized and villains are lionized, a creative image can make an iconic statement. And arguably his most famous image ever was of Muhammad Ali on the cover of Esquire magazine. And he's standing almost like Jesus Christ on the cross. And he's got arrows in him with some blood coming out of him. Because at the time, if you go back in history, you'll know that Muhammad Ali took a stand on the uh, Vietnam War and it cost him a lot. And Muhammad Ali sort of stood at the intersection of a lot of social change. The war, rights for black people, and many other social economic issues at the time in the 60s. And um, here is what the Associated Press, and I would encourage you Google it. If you Google Muhammad Ali Esquire, you'll see the image immediately. Here's what the Associated Press said about that image that George created. Quote, the most iconic image of the 1960s was George Lois's cover of Esquire depicting Ali. The image is so powerful, people remember where they were when they saw it for the first time, end quote. And um, one of the things that I've learned about this is most imagery used in marketing is throwaway bullshit, seen it a thousand times, clip art. And uh, I mentioned John Bielenberg earlier. One of the things that John taught me about design is if the design doesn't multiply the message, then it shouldn't be there. And so it's interesting, for example, on the cover of George's book, a man who is known for creating some of the most iconic images ever. It's just black type on a white cover and it says, damn good advice. So it's fascinating to me that George knew when to use a powerful image and when just to use the words. And the learning that I take from that is if the image isn't legendary, if the image isn't something that stops people in their tracks, then why are you using it? Big idea number 13 from George. If you're going to criticize, don't hold back. If you're going to criticize, don't hold back. And, you know, as I was preparing this oddcast for you about the learnings from this amazing book on George's passing, I was reminded of a meeting I was in a little while ago 
with the big ding dong founders of one of the hottest startups in Silicon Valley at the offices of one of the most powerful, super big ding dong venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. And there was, I don't know, eight, 10 people in the room. And these are some of the smartest, fiercest, most successful people you can possibly be in a meeting room with. And we were having a brainstorm discussion about how this incredible company could break through to even the next level of creating a massive category and dominating that category and building what we like to talk about as enduring value. And one of the smartest people in the room, one of the elder states people in the room said, and I quote, we should consider doing a frontal attack, meaning attacking their number one competitor, who in this case, they were in the process of beating. And there was, and all of a sudden, a discussion ensued about that. As the discussion started to take flight, I said, hey, wait a minute. I think that's a very bad idea. As a matter of fact, I think it's suicidal and we should do exactly the opposite. The room stopped and there was pure silence. And you could see almost everybody in the room could not believe that I was willing to be so blunt, be so clear, be so candid about being the opposite to one of the elder gurus in the room. So again, I agree with George, quote, if you're going to criticize, don't hold back. Big idea number 14, quote, fight racism no matter the cost. George writes, do the right thing so you can be proud of yourself till the day you die. And look, I didn't know George, although we did share some email, but it seems to me he was proud of himself and I sure hope he was till the day he died. And I want you to know around here, we've lost readers, we've lost subscribers by me and some of my partners taking some stands on some social issues. Uh, We wrote a piece for the Harvard Business Review on justice deposits, how companies can make a huge difference by um, depositing some of their cash with black-owned banks because, of course, banks take in money and that allows them to lend out money. And the more deposits they have, the more loans they can make. We got pushback and blowback against that. And I've gotten pushback and blowback against a lot of things. Uh, Most recently around the elections in the United States when I encourage people to vote. And my insistence about that cost me followers on Twitter and Schmitter and Plitter and Fitter. I don't give a fuck. Talking about topics like politics, justice, diversity, abortion, guns, the power of authentic dialogue has cost me and some of my partners a lot at times. Fuck it. We don't care. We're here for a reason, to make a difference. We're not chasing vanity social media metrics, and we're not trying to make friends with morons. We are trying to make a difference for the exponential people who want to make a difference. And so again, George taught us a lot here. I'm also reminded of the legendary quote from uh, John Mellencamp, who said, you got to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. So as George says, quote, fight racism, no matter what the cost. Big idea number 15, quote, you're happiest when you're creating. And George making this statement also reminds me of what my dear friend, she was the first ever guest on Follow Your Different, the legendary writer Dushka Zapata says, and she says human beings were made to create. So in my experience, George and Dushka are right. 
quote, you're the happiest when you're creating. And um, I'll give you the last one here. I want you to know this is a very quick synthesis, if that's a word, my synthesis of this legendary book. There's so much more in it. I, I, I implore you to go read Damn Good Advice and frankly, read everything that George wrote because he was the OG of uh, punk rock, don't give a fuck, produce legendary results marketing. All right, here's the last big idea from Damn Good Advice that I'll leave you with. Number 16, quote, you are the master of your fate, your soul. And this one reminds me of a Dr. Seuss quote. Dr. Seuss teaches us, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And in my experience, both George and Dr. Seuss are right. I hope that makes a difference to you, George. God bless you. Thank you for being the OG. Thank you for being a legendary Yoda in marketing. I know you're looking down on all of us, wishing us the best, and giving us damn good advice. All right. We would like to thank you, of course. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time on this extra special episode of Lockhead on Marketing, talking about the legendary George Lois. Pick up a copy of Damn Good Advice. Read everything he's ever done. You'll be grateful that you did. Now, my friends at Flow Kiosk create digital experiences using an interactive kiosk app on an iPad. Imagine engaging digitally in a physical space, having iPads in your front lobby or at a trade show or at a ding-dong event that allow you to capture people's digital experience on an iPad kiosk. Check out flowkiosk.com today. My friends at Atranet have been building legendary B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 20 years. If it's time for you to do something legendary with your website, check out atre.net. My friends at Clary are the world's number one revenue platform. And in good times, and especially in bad times, every drop of revenue counts. And revenue is the only major enterprise business process that is not supported by an enterprise platform until now clary.com for the world's number one revenue platform all right i need to remind you that today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes and this podcast is the sole property of the lockhead oddcast network please don't forget to consult your lawyer doctor shaman mystic yoga instructor and of course category designer before acting on any of today's information Warning, the creators and producers of this oddcast have been consuming libations, and every episode does contain nuts. Everything we value, we've been taught to value. Please teach legendary marketing. Study the legend, George Lewis. We are produced and edited by the greatest of all time, Jason DeFilippo. You can check him out at the uh, jason.fyi. That's jason.fyi. Sarah Knox and Jamie J do legendary technical execution, and they build Lockhead.com. Show notes by GM Simon. Uh, web development by the Bobus Brothers, RJ and EX, and Cedric Biros does our graphic and web design. Our law firm is Whedon Jack, and our accounts are three balance sheets to the wind. Don't forget, your spouse texted, and uh, it's all right. You can go ahead and subscribe to Category Pirates. <laughs> now, oh, and also thank you to Candy Dandy. She keeps all the trains running on time. The thought I'll leave you with, of course, comes from George Lois, who said, quote, Only with absolute fearlessness can we slay the dragons of mediocrity that invade our gardens. <laughs>